your hour of thrive time begins now with your host jay mamie on the jay mamie talk show business edition good day everyone and welcome once again to the jay mamie talk show this is jay mamie and you have now entered your hour of thrive time hey folks today's show spectacular yet again It's going to be quite the experience today, and if you've arrived here and it is your first time visiting the show, I am positive you're going to walk away adding this to your weekly calendar of thrive-minded activity, as you should, my friend, as you should. I got to tell you something. People invest time in all sorts of things that yield no fruit. They yield no return. In fact, you wonder by the time that you are Uh, done with that investment of time, you ask yourself, like I did last night watching a horrible movie. (laughs) I said, now I don't get those two hours back. Why did I do that? (laughs) I know tonight that's not going to be the case with you, my friends. You're going to find the next hour of your time invested to yield a tremendous return based on the quality of content you're going to hear today. And boy, quality is probably an understatement as we are going to have a conversation with the legendary, and I mean legendary, I mean, he was part of the big blue wrecking crew, former New York Giants defensive lineman, a two-time Super Bowl champion, multiple Pro Bowl appearances, record holder, Uh, Now a successful business owner, entrepreneur, investor, speaker, and so on, Leonard Marshall. If you are a Northeasterner, you know Leonard Marshall from the heydays of the 80s and 90s of the Giants when they won Super Bowls and they were just part of that elite defensive team with Lawrence Taylor and Harry Carson and a bunch of them. But whether or not you've had a chance to watch him play like I did growing up, or you've never heard of the man the value of his information in terms of the quality of wisdom and the nuggets of knowledge he's going to drop on our show today is going to make you a fan of Leonard Marshall. So you are in for a treat today, my friends. Fantastic program with him. But we just continue to ratchet up, bringing incredible people with incredible, and I I don't say that word, I don't take it lightly. When I mean incredible, I mean credible people that are able to pour into you information, insight that is impactful, influential, and above all, improvement-based for you. And our author spotlight today, I'm excited about these uh, two gentlemen, Stephen J. Bowen and Dr. Terry Lyles are the who's who in the corporate world of human performance and corporate turnaround. Uh, Dr. Terry Lyles is uh, a known as a stressologist. Uh, I mean, yeah, these gentlemen are esteemed in their own industry, in their own world. And now they've collaborated together uh, to create a book they've co-authored called Becoming Invaluable. Uh, It's a phenomenal book. I've had a chance to read it. They're going to be on the show today to talk about how do we become invaluable, especially if you're looking to take your game to the next level in 2024. So folks, we've got a fantastic show. I hope that you are ready. And if you like what you hear, make sure that you subscribe to our program. You can go to the jmamietalkshow.com and subscribe to the show. You can go to your 
favorite podcast platform were heard there as well. After the broadcast tonight, you'll be able to catch that show on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel. You'll see clips of the recordings there as well. But we're not hiding, folks, and I hope that you find the value strong enough that you continue to come back week after week. Monday nights is the business edition. Thursday nights is the lifestyle edition. The J. Mamie Talk Show continues to deliver quality content and value to help you change your life so you can thrive. And we're going to pick that conversation up with Lena Marshall right after the break. Hey, everyone. Jay Mamie from the J. Mamie Talk Show. Excited to announce that my 10th book, 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted is now available on Amazon. And since its release, the readers have reviewed the book and have left stellar reviews as they have come to recognize the book as a valuable resource to help them identify those toxic traits that keep them from becoming the best they can be. Those stumbling blocks have to be identified. And in this book, 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted, we're going to dive into a closer look at these progress-inhibiting behaviors. The book is going to be a tremendous resource. It is for many already. Pick it up at Amazon. 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted. Have you reached a place personally or professionally where you sense you need to be more motivated and fulfilled? Do you want to change but fear the discomfort that comes with it? Hey, I'm Bryce Runge, author of the hit book, Wake Up, Wake Up, Wake Up. For the past decade, I have equipped students, athletes, and CEOs with tools to wake up, enhance their thought life, develop the strength to overcome challenges, and advance toward greatness. For more information, visit BryceRunge.com. That's B-R-Y-C-E. R-U-N-G-E dot com. Wake up. Let's grow. Welcome back to the J. Mamie Talk Show Business Edition. Welcome back, everyone, to the J. Mamie Talk Show. I am excited about having a conversation with Leonard Marshall. I mentioned in the beginning of the program, I gave all his credentials. I'm a fan of, of Leonard. I've known uh, of his playing days when I was back in New York. Uh, I'm still a New Yorker at heart, still a giant fan. That hasn't changed just because I'm in Dallas. Now, you Dallas fans out here, <laughs> you Dallas listeners, don't take that and, and, and start uh, sending me trash emails and trash talk. It, this is all, all in fun here. But, yes, my roots are in New York, as many of you, many of you already know, and, and uh, Giants fan all the way. But So it's an honor and a privilege to speak to Leonard today. But we're going to dive into a conversation that goes beyond the stats. It goes beyond the uh, the websites and and the, and the glory of his play. Because behind uh, Leonard, there, there's a human being who's had a journey. He's got a resume of life experiences, got tons of wisdom that he's going to drop on our show today. And I'm excited to hear what he's going uh, to talk with us about because a two-time uh, NFL Super Bowl champion, Pro, uh, a pro player for, for, the, for the NFL for a number of years, multiple record holder, pro bowler. I mean, he's got all the credentials, but more than that, he's a human being walking on the same planet, living the same life we're living in here and trying to make a difference in other people's lives. And that's why he's on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Leonard Marshall, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thank you, Jay. Thanks for having me. 
Hey, I appreciate you carving out time. You're a busy man. I know that. We've been trying to uh, make this happen for a few months now, but we're going to yeah. pack 10 pounds of groceries in a two-pound bag, brother. So let's uh, let's get started with that. Uh, by the way, today's show is, is the, the theme of today's show, Leonard, is the parallels between sports and business, right? Mm -hmm. This show airs on a C-suite radio broadcast. And so we've got a lot of folks out here that are business, a lot of folks that don't want to be business owners, right? Sure. And, and we have a chance to have that conversation. But before we dive into that, I wanted to take it way back to your days when you graduated uh, out of Louisiana. You were a chubby kid from Louisiana, right? And you end up being, uh, you're drafted by the Giants. You get on, the, uh, on, on in camp. They recognize right away, this brother's got talent, but he's got to make some adjustments. Uh, physically, right? So let me let me start there. When you got to the camp and you met with the uh, with the Giants folks early on, and the first thing they said to you, "Hey, you got massive talent, but you got to make some changes." How did you process that? Because many people today want to win, but they're not willing to make the changes to win. You did. How do you share? Uh, how did you process that, rather? Well, the the processing began with uh, living in the moment. So the moment is understanding. To whom much is given, much is expected. Mm. So the, the the giant organization made me the second draft, second player they drafted in 1983, mm. uh, while they turned over a head coaching position. So I become the player for Bill Parcells uh, in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. um, in the grand scheme of things, he wanted to build his defense around big, black, strong defensive linemen that could. Um, how do I say this the right way? Um, played ten, play, play 10 years of football mm -hmm. as a player, but be highly productive while doing so. Mm -hmm. um, I'll never forget my, my first meeting with him. I want him to think I was some poor kid from Louisiana. So I walked in this meeting with a pair of Chuck Taylor Converse on, a pair of bib overalls, and a cab driver's hat. And he <laughs> said to me, and I'll never forget it. He said to me, what kind of damn outfit is that you got on there, son? <laughs> said, oh, oh, coach, I'm just a poor boy from Louisiana. I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. He said in the same breath, don't give me that shit. You're here to rob me. You're here to rob me. I know better. <laughs> so so uh, after uh after about five weeks of uh, my rookie year training camp, I realized that uh, I've got a relationship built with this man, uh, but I'm going to have to earn his trust. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's what coaching is. I'm going to have to earn his trust, and I'm going to have to earn his respect, but I'm also going to make him respect me for what I do. Mm. You know, that's a great answer because you, you kind of walked into the situation and you realized that you were given a huge opportunity. Right. To whom, to whom much is given, much is required. And because you were given such a great opportunity that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of most human beings walking on a planet will never have. You respected that. And that's one of the uh, that's one of the, the the reasons why you decided that whatever I've got to do to change to raise to raise myself to the level of play they are, they're expecting. I'm going to do that. And I think a lot of. Right. I mean. I think a lot of people today, they don't do that. They'll, they'll just come in and say, take me as I am and not willing to change. And if you're not willing to change for the greater good of your performance and everybody else around you, then you're going to shortchange yourself and shortchange them as well. Would you agree? I, I sincerely agree. 
So here you go. You're walking into this environment, Leonard, and you've got around you some other players, right? You've got Lawrence Taylor. You've got George Martin. You've got Harry Carson. A little bit down the road, you got Carl. You got some heavy players around you. Here you come fairly new, and Bill's trying to put together this unit that's going to work together. I guess my question is when you got so much talent, right, with talent, especially whether it's in business or an organization or a team, along that, people can forget their roles, right? Ego gets in the way, and people forget what their assignments are. How did you guys early on, and how did you early on figure out a way to collaborate with all that massive talent without overstepping your role, without uh, kind of getting in somebody else's lane and, and them as well? How did you guys make that happen? Because that's a challenge for most organizations today. Well, it's all based on the conductor's ability to teach and lead. So the conductor being Bill Parcells, mm. uh, he kind of knew what type of orchestra he wanted to put together. So he had his, he had his tenor saxophone player in George Martin. He had his bass player. And Harry Carson, he had his uh, his drummer and Lawrence Taylor. He had um, uh, some of the pieces were already in place. Uh, however, he needed a big a big defensive lineman that was athletic, that could run and can also chase down a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And so he sought to come and get that in me. The next season in '84, he goes out and he gets a big body on the offensive side of the line of scrimmage that can play tackle or guard. And he drafts a linebacker from the University of Michigan State mm -hmm. to play outside linebacker along with me and mm -hmm. Carl Banks. Mm -hmm. In year three, he goes out and he gets another player from Louisiana by the name of Gary Reasons. He goes mm -hmm. and gets a, a, another receiver by the name of Lionel Manuel to mm -hmm. play offense. And he gets a few other guys to join them. And then I think the greatest thing that he did, uh, which was the draft that put us into the Super Bowl, was the 86 draft where he drafted Three guys in the second round and three guys in the third round and Pepper Johnson, John Washington, mm. Mark Collins, Greg mm. Lasker, Eric Dorsey, mm. and um, and one other player. That I, that name kind of evades me. Uh, but so the, the pieces of the puzzle began in 83. Some of the pieces stuck. Some of the pieces didn't. I can tell you two of the greatest players in the 83 draft that, that played for the New York Giants were myself, and my, one of my best friends by the name of Perry Williams. Perry um, Williams. Mm -hmm. People don't know Perry's name except for they know him by his number, number 23. He wore I that agree. uniform. Yeah. He wore that uniform for 10 seasons with me. He was the fastest cornerback on our defense mm -hmm. for, 10, for all 10 seasons that he played. He was probably the strongest and most athletic and played more games than any other cornerback at his position. Mm. Um, that's a guy I have the utmost respect for. And today I think of him as, I call him the Iron Man. Mm. Because uh, the guy ran a 4-2-7-40 for wow. 10 years. Wow. And, and, and he had 7% body fat his entire career. Wow. So I, I, I respect the guy like that. You know, it's interesting. What you said is what I'm hoping our listeners take away. Bill Parcells orchestrated and, and brought together the right talent and that's what a leader does, right? He realizes, where am I short? Where do I need to strengthen uh, a, a certain area, a position? And you bring in the right people. And then 
make sure they gel together. All those names you mentioned, man, I remember all of those players, man. I remember every single one of those players. So it's just awesome to hear the backstory. And it's funny. I know Perry Williams because my college, uh, my jersey was 23. So I remember him because that's, okay. that was who I, I fashioned my uh, my own jersey number after. So he was a good man. Uh, good Joe man. Morris. Joe Morris was a great running back, a great running back. Um, he wasn't very big, but that brother could move. <laughs> yes. Yes. He was good, man. He was good. So let me ask you this. You go from a, a, an early start, right? You got build, you got new talent, you're new, first year or two, not going very well, right? You guys um, think the third year, the second year, you're three and 12. It's awful, right? First year, three, first year was three and 12. Three and 12, first year. You got all this talent, three, new coach, new new second draft play, three and 12. But two years later, you're a playoff caliber team right on the heels of a championship Super Bowl team. How, how do you turn that around so fast? Because as many teams, organizations, companies, they're hurting, they're failing. They have no idea how to turn it around. And they go down in the dumpster real quick. You guys didn't do that. What's the magic? What happened? I think the magic happened in 1984. Uh, I think the year that we brought in my conditioning coach, strength and conditioning coach from LSU, a guy by the name of Johnny Parker. Um, I told Bill Parcells that offseason because he had so much trust uh, in me and being able to converse and talk to me. Mm-hmm. He called me. He called me his diplomat. He thought I was the most diplomatic player on his team because <laughs> he got to have a conversation with me outside of football. Mm-hmm. But um, um I think that the year that he taught, brought Parker in in 84, our team took a different posture. Uh-huh. Uh, we had more guys commit to the weight room in the offseason than any other time in the history of the giant organization. We had 47 players in our offseason program at the Giants every week, lifting weights, running wind sprints, getting in condition in February, March, April, and May than any other team in the past in the history of the Giants. That team in 84 went to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. We got to the playoffs, and I win one of the biggest games for us in L.A. We Mm -hmm. beat the Rams in the playoffs. Beat the Rams in the playoffs. I tackled um, Dwayne Crutchfield in the backfield to win the game. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget it because at that point in time, we reminisced because the year before, they wanted to fire Bill Parcells. Mm -hmm. And I told him when he drafted – when he signed Johnny Parker as a coach, I said, Bill, you sign this guy, Parker. He's going to do one or two things. He's going to force guys to get into shape, or he's going to run them the hell off. Okay? So you're not going to have to get rid of guys. Guys are going to get rid of themselves. They're Hmm. not going to want to commit to what Parker wants. And if they don't commit to what he wants, they need to go. Because in order for us to win, they have to transition. If if, If you can't transition, you won't win. Our team took a major leap. The team took the ne- another major leap in 85 because now we had a full year with Carl Banks, mm-hmm. full year with William Roberts, full year with that offensive line that we had. Guys got to grow, got to know, felt felt what it was like to lose, but also got a taste of what it was like to win. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that really put our team over the top from 84 to 85 and did the same thing from 85 to 86. We were hungry to win. Mm. We knew we were good, but we were hungry to win. Let me ask you this. You and I were chatting before we started to record about that. Now, about being hungry. You could have the talent. 
You could have the team. You could have the game plan. You could have everything working in your favor. But if you don't have that hunger, that drive, that passion, you're going to fall short. You've seen that. What do you speak? What do you say uh, when you see that in young guys, and young gals, and young folks today? All the talent, but no drive. Oh, I, I think that's a waste of talent. And, and that's what I think. And I think that um, you need to understand that these people that coach, teach, direct, um, and trust you athletically mm. or in business or in business, uh, they come to that analogy because they've seen it before. So they already know what it looks like. Right. You don't that's know right. what it looks like. You, you're continuing to grow. So I, I, I take it and I use it this way. It's like, if I give you a piece of fish, you eat today. But if I teach you how to fish, you'll eat forever. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're green, you'll continue to grow. And so when you think you know it all, you begin to rotten. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I use. I use that a lot with young people. And I take the acorn approach to doing it. So mm -hmm. the more you invest, the more you grow. It's that simple. I love it, brother. I love it. Hey, one last question on that season there. So... You guys were shocked when you lost to the Rams, right? That that uh, I think it was 85-86. You, you, you were cruising right along. You had a great year the year before. You lost to the Rams, and then you come back the next year and you steamrolled, right? How does that recovery occur? What kind of conversations do you – because that was a letdown. Everybody expected, right, because you had a great season all of a sudden. And you didn't lose by much. The Giants didn't lose by much in that game. It was a surprise loss. In the offseason, what do you need to do in the offseason to pick yourself back up in order to get back in there and fight again the next season? So which season are you pertaining to? You're talking about the 85 season or the 89 season? And my, well, I think it's the 89 season, right? The 89 okay. season, you got shocked in the playoff, right, by like two points, but then you came back the next year. Okay, the 89 season was a learning curve for us because the 86 team, the team in 86 that, that, that beat – the Denver Broncos was good enough to win four championships. Mm -hmm. That team should have won four championships. That's right. Uh, we had a strike in 87. We had a dismal year in 88. Uh, 89, we get beat by the Rams on the Flipper Anderson play mm -hmm. over Mark, over Mark Collins. Right. And then 1990, we won the Super Bowl. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So, so the 89 team I felt was better than the 1990 team. The 1990 team just came together and gelled at the right time. Mm. I think the 1990 team had so many challenges. You know, we lost Phil Sims in week 11. Mm -hmm. uh, we had to go into the playoffs with a backup quarterback who we believed in, uh, but we had to have him believe in himself. That's correct. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so uh, Jeff took it upon himself to not be Phil, just be Jeff. And mm -hmm. we said to him, we want you to be Jeff. We want you to move around the pocket. We want you to find your comfort level. We want you to have confidence in throwing the ball. And if you turn it over, know this. We're going to play hard enough to get it back. You just play your game. And that's what the kid did. I mean, he played his game. You know, the NFC Championship game in San Francisco, where they almost knocked him out the game. They almost Jim Bird almost broke his mm -hmm. leg. Mm -hmm. uh, we took that shit personal. Mm -hmm. And we went into the half at the half 
uh, and came out, I made it my business to tell the defense, you know, hey, guys, let's huddle up here for a minute. I'm telling you now, all 10 of you guys, I want to lay everything I've got on the line for the next 30 minutes. I need your commitment to do the same thing to me. But understand this. They just went after our guy. So they went after our guy. Montana's now a target. Okay? That's the way we play football. And mm -hmm. that's what the game of football was for, for men playing it for money. Mm -hmm. So people come to me and say all the time, did you guys intentionally go out to hurt Joe Montana in the game? No. That wasn't, that wasn't it. What we were doing was elevating our play, playing at the highest level of competition. And whatever happened in the course of that, it happened. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that our team was just a better team that day, and we played with more tenacity and more physicality. And we knew that. We knew we could be physical. So yeah, that's that the difference, I think, what happened to us in 89 and 90. 89 team just didn't have enough of that juice. Mm. But the 90 team had a lot of the – 1990 team had a lot of attitude, and we would want to put that chip on our shoulder all the time. Mm. I remember the play that where you hit Montana from the back. Most folks got to watch. Go on YouTube. But if you want to see what tenacity is, you had two or three other linemen. They tripped you up. You fell down. You just kept going and going and going. And, man, you just yeah. knocked Montana. He didn't see you. He didn't, He got hit by a train. <laughs> everything everything in that play is what coaches teach. Coaches right. teach you to get up off the ground, mm -hmm. keep crawling, play till the whistle blow. Don't stop. That's what I did. That's exactly right. I showed my son. I said, let me tell you what persistency and tenacity is. Watch this. <laughs> and you got tripped up, tripped up. And, I mean, that was a big tur turnover. It was a big play in the game, right? It was yes. a big play in the game. So we're going to go to break now, Leonard. But I want you to know, on the comeback from the break, I, I want to ask you a couple questions that I think are, are, are good. One of them is, is what has changed in the game today? You referenced that a few times now. So what in your – perspective and observations because i got my own but what's changed in nfl today and then what lessons did you learn back then by being coached from two of the greatest football minds bill belichick and bill parcells i want to tackle those two questions right after the break hey everyone jay mamie here from the jay mamie talk show excited to announce that my 10th book 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted is now available on Amazon. The book is already changing lives. Since its release, we take a closer look at those progress-inhibiting behaviors that continue to become the stumbling blocks to your success and the better version of you that exists. If progress is important to you, then pick up a copy. 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted now available on Amazon. I'm David Kazarian, president of Student Optimum Services and a licensed debt arbitrator. We have one mission in mind, to cut down the $1.7 trillion in federal student loan debt by as much as possible and help hardworking Americans just like you achieve financial freedom. Our process is not a settlement or a refinance. We are not a bank or a lender. We are on your side, and we go up against these lenders to get you on track for student loan forgiveness by utilizing programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs are available to you regardless of the school you attended, your employment status, or employment field. Over the past 13 years, we've helped thousands of borrowers save millions of dollars on their student loans. Student loan payments are resuming September of 2023, after being on hold for over three and a half years. So the time to take action is now. You have nothing to lose but your student loans. 
visit www.studentoptimumservices.com slash to schedule a free consultation today. If failure is not an option in your life, then the new book, Becoming Invaluable, Develop the Willitude to Navigate Success by Dr. Terry Lyles and Stephen Bowen is a must-read. We all fail at times, yet we must find the stamina and the resiliency to achieve the success we design in our own life. Enjoy Becoming Invaluable. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show, Business Edition. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Phenomenal conversation with our incredible guest, Leonard Marshall, the one and only Leonard Marshall. And boy, I tell you what, you want to talk about inside locker room talk here, uh, NFL inside locker room talk, this is it. This is the real McCoy, no fluff, no stuff with Leonard. And we're about to dive into some greater conversations that, that takes us into the parallels of business and sports. But before we do that, I had asked Leonard before we went to break that I was interested in knowing uh, Bill Parcells, legendary coach, Bill Belichick, active legendary coaches, right? These guys are all uh, both Hall of Famers. We know them from the stats, from TV, but there's there's stories behind the stories. And Leonard had a chance to play under both of them with the Giants. So I want to ask you, Leonard, from a, from a humanistic standpoint, what lesson did you learn being coached by these two giants and legends of football coaching? Well, I, it's funny. I just talked to Bill Parcells the other day about this. Um, the thing I learned the most from Bill Parcells was uh, his level of toughness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's what he brought to me, and I brought that to the football field. Um he wanted a big bad wolf, and he got one from LSU. Because mm. I was the big bad wolf at LSU, as all my friends would tell you. Mm. And I became the big bad wolf in the grand scheme of things in the New York Giants. Yes, you did. And uh, I let my play do my talking. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't run my mouth. I didn't brag or boast. I didn't get in the huddle and talk a lot of shit. I didn't do that. I just played my game, and played the played the game and played the defense they asked me to play. Mm-hmm. And and I did it well. Um, and all the accolades as a result of it, I expected I got. But the most, I think the most impressive thing I got from it was the respect amongst my teammates um, and, and what those guys had for me and what they have for me today. And every time I see them, you know, including when I was inducted into the Ring of Honor uh, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys knew my commitment to them the significance of it, the toughness I brought to the position, um, and uh, and my style of play to help elevate guys to want to play better football, to want to be better athletes on the field, and be better people in the community. Um, so Bill Parcells, toughness. Bill Belichick, attention to detail. Mm. Bill Belichick was the most tenacious, integral, inspiring football coach I've ever played the game for. Mm. Um, There wasn't nothing that you can learn, know, want to know, wish to know at your position in the grand scheme of what he was trying to design as a defense. Man, I tell you what, I I wish I would have had him in college. Mm. That's how much I loved him. 
And, and today, when I talk about him, I talk about him the same way because the guy took our football team and just elevated it, man, just put it on his shoulders. You know, listen, it's one thing to play the game, Jay, and to play at a high level. When you go into a game like we went into in the Super Bowl in 2000 and let me see, no, in 1990, we go in to play the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. The Buffalo Bills have scored 91 points in two weeks wow. against two different opponents. They're playing an offense called the K-Gun offense. Bill Belichick walks in the meeting with this stupid playbook, and the playbook had 11 pages to it. And he said to me, we're going to concede the run to Thurman Thomas. We're going to let him get 180 yards, but guess what, guys? We're going to win the game. I went, are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? Hmm. So you go back and look at the game plan. We played two defensive linemen, five linebackers, four defensive backs, and we interchanged them. I want you to know they scored 19 points in, I guess, 21 minutes, and that was it for them. But the, the, the point of it is, None of us bought into the grand scheme of what he was trying to do until the day of the game. Mm. When we saw it in the day of the game, we were like shocked. And we're still shocked today mm. that we were able to, one, keep pace with those guys, two, our offense control the line of scrimmage the way it did, and three, as a defense, we didn't give up any big plays in the game. We only gave up one big play the whole game, which is like, Unbelievable for a football team in a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right. And so a so high-scoring offense, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so what I learned from Belichick from that game, the guy's a genius. I mean, wow. he showed you that. You know, I think that I think that that, that trophy is going to be called the Belichick Award someday. I don't know yeah. when, but, <laughs> but everything that guy has done for football, I don't see why not. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that he's going to like hearing that. That's for sure. And he, listen, this that brother's got no sign of stopping anytime soon. It's a tough year, right? The last couple of years have been tough. tough. But that brother's got no sign of stopping anytime soon until he gets back to the glory days, right? Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. Difference between NFL 25, 30 years ago, NFL today. I know that could be an hour-long answer. We don't have an hour because I want to get to a couple more questions. But the high view, what's the difference between the NFL today and the NFL 25, 30 years ago? This is a, uh, this is a, uh, a league of non-forgiveness um, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the WWE of football. It is designed to sell tickets, to score points. The glory days of these great defenses, the purple people leaders, the right. doomsday cowboys, the, the steel curtain. Um, the all those names you heard of the big the blue big wrecking blue, crew, big blue wrecking crew. You know <laughs> those names and those names are not going to be the monsters of the midway. They're not going to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's because the league is designed for offenses to go out and score 40, 50, 60 points a game, mm-hmm. and and games being blowouts. And quarterbacks now have, you know, hell, you can play quarterback twenty years now and not worry about getting hit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, the game was so physical back when we played it. And 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 they've taken a lot of physicality out because of the head injuries mm-hmm. uh, and trauma to the body. So, right. Yeah. So that's a big difference. Yeah. You know, right. It's a high, it's a, 
like I, I, so you know, 30, 40 years ago, if you had a game that was 35, 40 points, that was shocking, right? Because those yes. those games were low scoring, 15 to 21. Those are low scoring game defensive games. Now, 35, 40, 45 points. I mean, somebody's scoring that every week, and you're usually two or three or four teams, right? Yeah. Which was unheard of back then. So that's a big difference. Let me ask you this. Let, let's pivot a little bit now. You're a businessman, right? You you retired, went right into the business world. You're an entrepreneur. You and I were chatting about that before we went on air. You've got a lot of things going on. How do you compare? What are the parallels that you carried over from the football field to the business field? I think it's the discipline. The discipline that uh, um, uh, to do to do the same thing consistently um, mm -hmm. that you did as an athlete to do that in business. It's the discipline to have the same discipline to know to know when the when 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 the like, like Kenny Rogers say know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's that's the thing that uh, um, I've been able to take from the football field to business. Um, it's a people thing. Uh, it's all about, you know, people, places, and perspectives for me. Uh, and when all three of them align, uh, you have no other choice but to be successful. But if there's any type of uh, hitch in there, whether you question the people, you mm. question the place, or you question the perspectives, mm. it's best just to walk away because mm. it won't work. Mm -hmm. It won't work. So that's what I've kind of been able to do. Um, and I use my wife as a sounding board with that sometimes because sometimes men, as men, we don't see things that they see. Right. And uh, so I like to introduce her to the guys I'm trying to get involved with and uh, and let her be the judge of that and kind of take it from there. I'm the ultimate decision, but I just like to use her as a gauge um, um, just to kind of see. Well, you know, you and I have a lot in common in that sense too because my wife is my filter see your wife is your filter my wife is my filter in the sense of what are you seeing that i'm missing because sometimes as an entrepreneur and this is a great lesson Leonard, as an entrepreneur we can get excited right we see some shiny new penny and we're like oh this is going to be great and we start to let our mind our vision our imagination get the best of us and we overlook the details like you were talking about bill belichick the details right but our spouses, and if it's not your spouse, it's somebody else, hopefully you're working with in partnership that can say, hey, slow your slow your roll, right? You're not factoring in this, that, and the other about this person, that opportunity, that product, or that marketing. And when we don't let ourselves be uh, mentored or coached or have wisdom imparted by, a, by somebody else, man, we can make big mistakes, whether as a small entrepreneur or as a big entrepreneur, we need to surround ourselves with people whose value and opinions we trust. Would you agree? I agree with that. Okay. So let me ask you this last question before we uh, wrap up, because I know you've got some things going on and I want to be respectful of your time. What was your, what would you say, Leonard, is your most memorable moment so far, right? You got a long way to go, brother. But to date, what's been your most memorable moment in your life? Um, wow. I think, uh, wow. That's you give me one. two. You give me two. <laughs> there's, 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 there's a few. I think, uh, the day I was drafted, mm. um, the day I graduated, um, 
certainly the day I got married, uh, the day my daughter was born, the day mm -hmm. my son graduated from college, mm. um, the day he became an attorney. Um, um, wow. I think uh, there's a lot of moments, man. Yeah. There's a lot of moments. I think one of the greatest that I've ever felt was in football. Yes. In football mm -hmm. was the day that I won my first Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. uh, and we beat the Denver Broncos mm -hmm. because, um, you know, I, I knew that team was special. I knew our locker room was special. Um, we visited the Los Angeles Lakers who had just come off an NBA championship mm -hmm. while, while staying in California to prepare for a game. And um, I, I knew kind of what they were going through. And kind of what that felt like from watching those guys. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it bad. Mm -hmm. I wanted it bad. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that Bill Parcells did so yeah. well yeah. was he always kept us hungry. Yeah. You know, for the next, the next, you know, what's going to be the next thing to call you, you know, sink your claws into. And uh, good leaders do that, man. That's right. Good leaders that's do right. that. That's right. That's right. Good leaders keep you hungry. That's a stroke of genius. Having him walk, uh, have uh, uh, Bill walk you guys through the locker room of the Lakers, because you could smell the wind, right? You could smell it. That's a stroke. That's a brilliant leader, right there, brother. That's a brilliant leader. Hey, Leonard, it's been a real joy having you on the show. Thank I'm you. hoping that you come back. You got some other stuff going on down the road that we're going to talk some more. Uh, with your business ventures when the time is right. But would you come back when you're invited again? Of course, of course. All right. Brother, we appreciate you folks. We're going to be right back after the break. Hey, everyone. Jay Mamie here. Excited to announce that First Fitness Nutrition, one of our corporate sponsors, has done it again with a brand new solution called Trimsolin for those that are desiring weight loss. The Trimsolin Weight Loss Program is your bridge between innovative science and plant-based solutions for safe and effective weight loss. The Trimsolin program contains two innovative dual action products, Control and Thermo, and a specially created menu guide featuring wholesome food choices. So you've got something to pick from that's gonna help you make better choices. What this program will do for you, it's gonna help reduce your appetite and cravings, keep you feeling full, prevent you from overeating, which that's a big problem, right? Increase your caloric expenditure. And here's the bottom line, folks. This natural, scientifically advanced, technologically based solution is going to enhance your weight loss. Plant-based, no side effects. Trimsolin, the next newest innovation for weight loss by First Fitness. Make sure to visit healthyfriends.firstfitness.com. That's healthyfriends.firstfitness.com. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. 
Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show, Business Edition. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. On the heels of a phenomenal conversation with the one and only Leonard Marshall, comes yet another fantastic conversation with two stellar gentlemen. I mentioned in the beginning of the program that this show was going to be jam-packed with concepts and disciplines and strategies that were geared towards not only helping you have the best 24 ever, but understanding the parallels between professional sports at a high level and uh, business performance, executive performance, entrepreneur performance at a high level, the parallels between both. And I really couldn't think of a better two uh, guys to come on the show not only pour their wisdom, but also take a deep dive into their new book, Becoming Invaluable, which is something that we all strive to become. At least you, sh- you should hope to become invaluable day by day. And I know if you're listening to this program, that is your intent anyhow. But we want to have a chance to speak to not only our two guests about their experiences and their resumes and what makes them the geniuses that they are, but take a nose dive into this uh, new book that is hitting the marketplace hard just in time for the holidays, but more importantly, just in time for you to reflect upon it and see what changes you can make in order to have a phenomenal, your best ever 2024. So Steve Bowen and Dr. Terry Lyles, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay. Great to be here. You know, I've been looking forward to, to, to chatting with you fellas because you're so accomplished and you have so many good things happening that I thought to myself, not only do I want to present to our audience a good conversation, but I also wanted to pick your brains on some things that I know myself. I'm always interested in hearing what the thought leaders are saying and doing. But before we dive into that in the book, how did you two giants decide to collaborate on becoming invaluable? Steve, if you can take it from there. Yeah, well, I don't know if giants is the right term, Jay, but I will tell you this. Terry and I have created have created uh, a relationship over the past six years. We've worked mm-hmm. together really closely. That relationship has obviously grown into something more than just a business relationship. And and Terry was a keynote speaker at my company, at our company meeting. And that's where it started. But about a year and a half ago, as I sold my business and uh, was stepping out, Terry asked me if I would join him in doing a book in this area of personal development, self-development. And we talked about the topics, of course. And at the end of that, I said, Give me a moment to think about it. You know, I'll talk to you tomorrow or something. 15 minutes later, I called him back and I said, I'm in because I love this topic, mm-hmm. Jay. And I've, I've read maybe a couple of hundred books and listened to thousands of tapes. And for those younger folks, that's the podcast world of today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that's right. And, and that opportunity to work with Terry, because we've worked so closely together, was just really enticing. So for me, that's what enticed me. And I hope... Somewhere in there, there's some parallels for Terry. <laughs> well, let's yeah. find out. Terry, why did you choose Steve? <laughs> you know, kudos to him. I mean, just what he just said. I mean, his success story and track record and, you know, consulting with his company and becoming friends with him, understanding his acumen and professionalism. You know, it just and I've never co-written. I mean, this is my fifth book. And it was a little weird because it was almost like getting married again, kind of in a middle of. I have to think about you. You got to think about me. But it was actually a fun process. Uh, it, it, it takes about a year or so to really write it, get it done like we have. But the title is really what struck me. And I think Steve and I together in value able. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about that, how to break that word apart to get 
to the derivative of how to be excellent in your lives. You know, I love that. You know, the title for me, I've written 10 books and I could tell you from a guy who's done that. I've never co-authored a book and you're right. I, I think it's like having a marriage. You have to court and then yep. make sure you like each other and then make sure yep. you both have, a, you know, our synergistic and thought patterns. You know, so it takes a lot to co-author and sometimes it doesn't pan out the way that co-author is intended to early on. Um, but I can tell you the titles make a difference. And this one here caught my attention immediately as soon as I became aware of it. But Steve, what motivated you then? To take time out of your schedule, obviously you're successful in your in, in your career, great coach, and you're very uh, high in demand at, at what you do. But uh, to co-author the book, Becoming Invaluable, how does the book address the unique challenges professionals are facing today? And why do you think it's a crucial read in a rapidly changing world? Well, I think, first of all, for me, this is in a way about giving back, Jay. I've been blessed with great success in life. And I attribute that to being able to be surrounded. However, that's happened from, uh, I say my uh, thanks and prayers and knock on wood, whatever terminology anybody wants to use about that all the time, because I've been blessed with great people around me uh, for years now. And, and Terry's just one example of that. And so this was an opportunity for me to give back. I felt like I, I've earned so much. I've been blessed with so much in life. And, and I want to give something back to people so they could wrap their hands around what does it really take? Because I was really motivated to share the experiences of going through this journey. Because, yes, I've been blessed on the outcome, but it's really about the journey. And how do you get through that journey? Because it's just a, a tremendously tasking aspect in, in your life. And, and so I wanted to share those experiences from a personal perspective, as well as from a business perspective. And that's what I think gets at the core of this book, meeting, bringing those two elements of life together. Yeah, and I, I think someone who has had the experience you've had, certainly you can not only become a testimonial to that, um, but also a good observant. You know, it's one thing to live it, but it's a whole other thing to see others and then be able to put it together in, in a way that uh, you can share your own personal testimony, but also the do's and the don'ts that you've seen other people do. But in this book, you discuss the attributes. And I want to ask this question to the both of you. I know that in the book, it's a phenomenal read, by the way. I, I'm thankful that I had a chance to, to preview it, uh, to, to peruse it before we uh, launched on this, um, this interview. Um, but the book itself, you discuss the attributes of knowledge, skills, attitude, health, and strength. Those are five pillars of life, aren't they? Those are five pillars of life, five pillars of success. If you are deficient in any one of those attributes, you're going to struggle. You have to have all five. But can you elaborate on how these attributes interconnect and then how they contribute to that individual's journey of becoming invaluable? And again, particularly in today's dynamic work environment, which is a whole new landscape from what it was uh, 2019 and prior. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe a way to start this is just I'll hit on the knowledge, skills, and attitude a little bit and tie that into some into the beginnings of, of what this means. And Terry can pick up on the health and the strength and how we marry all these concepts together. Because at the end of the day, I simplify it this way. Knowledge is what you know. Skills are what you do with what you know. Mm. Attitude is how you feel about what you do. Well, if you don't have the necessary knowledge, it's pretty darn hard 
to execute on the skills, even if you've been trained in the skill, you may not have the knowledge of how to exactly implement that skill or all the technical knowledge that you need in today's world and the constant learning, the speed at which change is occurring today. And if we're not up to date on our own accord, on both of those aspects, then our attitude can be affected. And mm. this is something I think people underestimate, that we can actually suck energy out of our own attitude if we aren't taking care of the knowledge and skills. And this ties right into, it is, it is sort of an underpinning of health and strength in, in, in my view, because we have to learn about those two aspects of life as well. So Terry, maybe you want to pick up there. Yeah. No, I, it's great. And, and Jay, you can see this is why Steve and I collaborate like this, because we, we have commonality of thought and, and processes on how we see people. I mean, what I do is human engineering. I mean, I navigate engineering between mind-body capacities with elite performers, uh, whether they're athletes, executives, coaches. And what Steve said is so true, because knowledge is one thing. But, you know, wisdom is knowledge guided by understanding. You know, so it's one thing to know. I know a lot of smart people that can't get out of their own way. You know what I'm right. saying? So they, right. they know a lot. They just don't know how to apply it or how to utilize it. The second thing is, is that God gives all of us some kind of talent. We all have talent. Skill is the discipline you put around your talent that God gave you to become excellent at something if you're willing to put in the work. Mm -hmm. So the title of the book, Invaluable, we actually got from Valuable, if you split the word up. So Val means health strength and worth so we have a triangle in the book that all this modulation works around what is your mind body health what is your mind body strength and capacity to handle that and how do you create that self-worth by understanding that as long as you take care of that bottom foundation as steve said you grow up that process to get to become invaluable by two words that steve and i put together uh for this book which is a whole nother conversation so. <laughs> You know, you, the, the, what you just said is, is key. And you, you had me at hello. <laughs> you had me at knowledge and skills because one of the conversations that I was having with Leonard Marshall prior to this segment, we were talking from a sports standpoint, what yeah. holds some of these athletes back? And he said, Jay, a lot of these guys come into camp. Uh, they're talented. They have skill set. Uh, they know how to play the game, but they come in with the wrong attitude. Right. And, and right. that's what I said before. It's the pillar. Right. So you can have skills, as you just uh, mentioned. You could have knowledge of the sport, knowledge of your craft, knowledge of your business, the proper skill set to communicate it. But if you're lousy in your attitude and what's happening up top is you're dealing with a lot of mental trash, then you probably aren't going to get very far, even though you might be the most talented person in that organization, the most talented person in that uh, on that team. Your attitude is keeping you down. Brilliant, brilliant points. In the book, Steve, you you fellas talk about the concept, and I love this, the concept of willitude and navigotiate. Willitude mm -hmm. and, and nav navigotiate. <laughs> and, I mean, you, you have to wrap your, your, your tongue around that a couple times. Right. Um, but because it's such a, a great play on words, it, it was intriguing. Could you provide real life examples of individuals who have successfully applied these concepts, demonstrating how they can empower professionals to navigate complex situations and then excel in their fields? Right. Well, Terry, if you want, you want me to start with Willis? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, start, start out. Start with yeah, negotiate. <laughs> we're, we're on we're on separate sides of the triangle. So <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> well, let's right, see. We, divide, we bring this together. So right, you know, divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. In, in the will, 
in the willitude side, obviously it's the combination of the words will and fortitude, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You could say will and attitude, but I like fortitude better because that's about strength. And will is about having the willpower to, you know, to go forward. You know, so many people look at what does it take to run through a brick wall? And they want to be motivated by some other outside circumstance, someone else. Well, that motivation is good. But you know what really gets people to run through a brick wall time and time again is inspiration. And mm -hmm. that comes from inside yourself. Mm -hmm. And that inspiration is so invaluable. And I want to give one quick story here that ties into your other related questions about Dan Clark, one of our interviewees in our book. Dan is an amazingly successful, one of the top 10 all-time public speakers in the Hall of Fame of public speakers. And his story is so phenomenal. And I'll make it very short. Top athlete at Utah expected to go in the first round of the draft. The, at the time, Oakland, now Las Vegas Raiders, had approached him and said, we have the third pick, we're picking you. And in practice, he runs head on into another player and he's paralyzed literally from the neck down. Wow. Now the good news is the paralysis went away. Now this mm -hmm. is his senior year near the end of the season. The paralysis slowly went away. But it took him years to get through it all, to find the right doctor, to have the right attitude to attack this with him. And he made it all the way through that. And what he says is he says, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you digest that? How does someone actually walk away from an experience like that saying, that's maybe the best thing that ever happened? Well, that takes a tremendous amount of willitude. And that willitude is to find your place in life. And when you, you don't always find your place in life at first. So his clear place was not going to be an athlete. Now he was becoming a public speaker, but he did that the hard way. And I'll leave the rest of that story out because it's rather long winded, but, but Zig Ziglar helped him. He ended up speaking for president Reagan and Nancy Reagan's whole effort when they were in the office. I mean, that's incredible to achieve that after such a devastating blow. So what we're trying to talk about is what are all the disciplines underneath of all of this, which he had developed a tremendous capability of discipline from his athleticism and all the hard work he put into that to rebuild himself. And that's what Willitude is all about to me. And that is the hardest part is investing in yourself and do it, sticking to it. So that kind of leads us into, well, then how does that tie to the negotiation, Terry? Right. Yeah. So Jay, how that came out. So we created these words, you know, and, and it's not that we literally wanted to create words. We just talk about them all the time. And, you know, Steve and I do enough coaching and speaking like you do. I'm sure that you say the same things over and over and over again. So I'm like, I should just write a book about this and just tell them to buy the book. I, mm -hmm. I'm like a broken record. I tell them the same thing. It's like raising kids over and over right, and over right. again. You know what I mean? So navigotiation is there's times that I share with athletes, professionals, you navigate things and you negotiate people. And then there's time you navigate people and you negotiate things. But you have to know which and where because you can overcoach and over misdirect someone who's not willing to hear or receive that. So it's having that willitude that he's talking about to be able to know how to navigate people in situations because we lead people, but we manage things. Mm -hmm. When you start managing people, you're going to have problems. 
because no one likes to be managed. I don't, Steve doesn't, and I'm sure Jay, you probably don't either. You can leave me. Right. Yep. But leadership is about inspiration. So what we shared nine stories in the book. Dan Clark was one of those. We have incredible people on in those nine that we, so I'm not going to share those because they're just incredible stories. But the inspiration of my life is was my special needs son who just passed last year at 38 years old, just turned 39 yesterday. Mm-hmm. Never spoke, never walked in a wheelchair, diaper and fed as an infant his entire life. Mm-hmm. And it lit like Dan Clark, it literally changed my life. And I am still a proponent of whatever breaks you makes you stronger. And mm-hmm. that is what willitude to become navigation and quality is what this book is really about, which is becoming invaluable. Yeah, I got to say, so I appreciate you sharing this story with our listeners because that's a uh, that's a hard reality. But I think over the course of those years, caring for your son, uh, Terry, you found characteristics in you that you otherwise would not have found had you not had to face this lifelong journey. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. I mean, I, I've changed diapers for 38 years, I, you know, blindfolded. I mean, who I've changed more diapers than probably half the people on the planet, unless you were a caretaker or a nurse, because that's what I was. So mm-hmm. what I what I loved about Steve and his story, and he'll, he shares more of that in his book is, you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And, and many mm-hmm. times our journey not only complicates our, our pathway, as we think, but it defines us. And if we put the skills and the willitude around that, it creates who we were meant to be from the beginning as a seed, not knowing what the plant was really going to produce as a, an actual flower, which is what success is to us. You know, I love it guys. And I, I, my final two minutes here, I want both of you to answer this question. There is no shortage. And I'm sure you know, this of self-help personal development books out there. I mean, it's just an echo chamber of regurgitated messages that if you change the, the, the author, the title, it's 99% the same, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. So what distinguishes becoming invaluable from those other self-help personal development books and making it a must-read for anyone aspiring to reach their highest potential means they're going to get what out of this book that's different from the other ones on the bookshelves? Terry, you want to go first this time? Go ahead, Steve. You got you got one minute. Let's go. Okay, one minute. So simply simply put this. What most self-help books don't do is put the concepts with practical application and make and tell you how to make it happen. What we've done is we've taken the concepts with practical. I'm and when I say practical, I mean daily, weekly, monthly, annually, application, and the very steps that you can go through to emulate success for yourself. In whatever walk of life you're in, I don't care if you're the most successful sales guy or you're you're in the Peace Corps. These concepts are designed to help you have an even more invaluable life and to help you develop that liquidity and navigation. Terry? Yeah, and I think, Jay, the, the biggest thing on my side of that is that the, the passionate stories of, of people's lives real that's why we interviewed nine people that are very very interesting people that you would know most of these nine people and they're friends of ours they're people we've done labor and work with and it's the raw passion so as steve says the how to you know the knowledge and the skills the attitude it all goes together but you know facts tell stories sell we got some great stories and when you read it as we've heard people say it's hard to put down because you get to the next story and we end every chapter with a spotlight on one of these stories. So the passion and the energy and, and the, the stories of people's lives 
I think is life changing. If even if you just read the last page of every chapter, it'll change your life. Guys, the book is going to change lives. I can tell you that already. And I don't, I don't say that uh, with any Pollyanna to it. I mean, it is absolutely true. I believe it's going to have an impact in the lives of those that are hungry and willing to become invaluable. And that's the key. Where could the book be found? Well, the book can be found on all the common places. Most importantly, probably Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble, since they seem to represent so much of the world of book sales these days. And it can be found on many others too. It's from Books a Million to uh, to Better Book World or Better World Book, excuse me, Bookshop, Thrift. Uh, it will be on Target and Walmart as well. So we're focused on the initial launch here will be on Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble. It's available today on both of those. And everything is happening right before us as we are talking to you, Jay, today. You're our first interview, Jay, our very first interview of hundreds that are going to come. I am honored. I am honored. I'm glad you guys chose this platform because you're going to have a lot of ears on your messaging, without a doubt. And we're going to put your book up at our website anyway, so that anyone who uh, wants to track it down, they can go to the jmaneytalkshow.com, go to the author section. We actually have an author section for all of our prior guests that have been authors. People can go there and find the book there. It's hyperlinked to wherever uh, the book is sold. So I appreciate you guys. I look forward to having both of you back in the future as you continue, continue to develop more content that's going to impact the lives of others. Fellas, thank you for being on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thank you, Jay. Thank you very much. Folks, that wraps up another fantastic week of thrive-minded content. How could you not come back next week? Leonard Marshall was on the show today. Dr. Terry Lyles and, of course, Stephen Bowen, stellar individuals, rock stars in their own right. This is what we continue to do in the Jay Maybe Talk Show next week. We'll be back doing it again. Make sure you tune in. Until then, keep thriving.